Where are you going with my sleeping bag? I'm gonna sleep under the stars tonight. Man, it's winter, and we live in Chicago. But well, it's a beautiful night. Oh, gosh, this isn't gonna end well. Kind of like when you thought we should get cable internet. I, the pioneers slept outside year-round, so... Yeah, and most pioneers didn't live over 40. Oh, you don't know that. I do. You want to know how? No. Sort of. I just looked it up on our AT&T internet. Don't get mixed up with cable internet. Get AT&T internet rated number one in customer satisfaction over cable. Switch and get up to 100 megabits per second for $40 a month. Limited availability may not be available in your area. Check eligibility at att.com slash internet. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. New approved customers only. Includes internet plans 10 to 100 megabits. Early termination fee and other charges and restrictions apply. Speeds not guaranteed and may vary. Claim based on 2018 ACSI survey of customers rating their own internet provider's performance. Have fun with your fugitive, Anthony. Have fun with that money. Yeah, that too. Just make sure you save like $22 for my birthday. It'll Talk be great. Mars Venus Show with your host, Kinte and Shannon. This program hosts a weekly panel of men and women who discuss topics such as dating, the workplace, family, spirituality, cheating, and of course, sex. Monday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. This show is simulcasted live audio and video between the website IndieRadio.org and YouTube, which allows listeners all over the world to gather together to tackle challenging relationship issues. And now here is your host, Shannon and Kinte. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here with you tonight. Uh, we have yet again another terrific show planned for you, and uh, it's so great. Uh, somebody is uh, moving around a bit or whatever, but it's all good. All right, so let me introduce my lovely co-host. It's the one and only Shannon Ford Jefferson. How are you doing, Shannon? Hi, like love. From Miami, Florida. Miami, that's right. You are in Miami. Uh, MIA. Yeah, how's that going? Take it to the house. It was a rough day, but God is able. Rough day? <laughs> so, took me a lot longer to get here than I wanted to, and I had to make some unnecessary stops because someone left something at home. So, oh, okay. but I'm here. But you're good, though, right? I'm in my room, ready for training tomorrow. That's How are you? Are you feeling better? Looking better? Yeah, I was under the weather, but now I'm doing very good. I feel awesome. I feel amazing. You were having separation anxiety because you don't have Teddy in your life? Right, man. You know, <laughs> every time Teddy's not with me, you know, I, it's just, I'm not right, you know? So, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be okay, though. I, I feel like I'm going to be all right. So, okay. So, um, um, tonight concludes a short series that we're doing um, last week it was w what we love about black men and tonight it's going to be what we love about black women now uh, this was from the brain brain of Shannon so I want you to uh, talk to us a little bit about your thinking about these two episodes I know you kind of said something last week and then also I know you have a poem for us uh, to get started get everything popping. oh we're doing that right off the bat huh Oh, I thought that's, you know, we're going to start off and then, you know, end as well, right? Okay. So the topics 
um, why or what I love about black men and what I love about black women are important to me because we don't say things that we love about each other out loud enough. Um, I think last year, that would have been last year when we were having our intro conversation to me joining the co-hosting for Mars and Venus Men and Women Talk, I had talked in depth about relationships and doing right relationships between black men and black women, which we don't do enough of. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships, just relationships, period, um, where we uplift and we encourage and we keep each other um, and edify one another. And we don't do that enough. We uh, spend a lot of time seemingly not talking to each other. And when we do, sometimes it's not the politest or the most considerate things that are being said. And so I wanted to take a moment, two Mondays in a row, and kind of just honor each other with our words, with our experiences, with our truth for each other, kind of as a reminder that we are loved and valued amongst our own. Um, and that's where it should start. Um, we are each other's safe space, and we need to know that in everything that we do and everything that we are. So that's why I birthed those two topics. Why I love what I love about black women and what I love about black men. All right, I love it. Because it is important to me. Yes, very important to me as well. Um, and before we get into our panel, I just want to say that uh, there's people listening and watching on di the different platforms. Uh, we are on Periscope as well as YouTube and uh, Get Vocal. And if you are on the YouTube channel, uh, I see there's a bunch of people on. Uh, please let your voices be heard uh, on the right side where it says say something. Uh, let us know that you're here. And if you want to relay something to our panel, I will make sure that that happens. All right. So, uh, Shannon, I know um, I, I will let you introduce the panel as well as uh, um, are you going to start off with a poem or are you going to wait till the end? I will introduce them and then I will do the it's an actually an open letter to black women like I did an open letter to black men. All right. So I'll introduce the men and then I'll do the letter and then we can have a discussion. How about that? Sounds beautiful. And I'm going to be like you. I'm going to sit in the cut and just listen to them talk. All right. Just kidding. Um, we'll start with who's been on the least amount of times on our podcasting existence. Um, I met this brother in a group on Facebook, and he spent almost, I think, a little over a month talking about what he loved about Black women, which is why he is here. Um, Mr. <laughs> Hot takes, hot cakes, as I call them. Ah, don't do that. <laughs> Alan, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. You just had a big meet and greet in Orlando for our group. How did that go? It was actually very successful. Very successful. Um, it was good to actually meet the guys and gals that we interact with in that group. Um, looks like it done spawned some other meet and greets that are coming to fruition. So. It, it was pretty good. It was really good. It was really good. Life changer. Trying to be, you know. All right. Well, we look forward to your input in this conversation. All right. Secondly, I call him my, and it's a joke between us, I call him my best friend. Um, I met him in a group as well, a writing group. And we have a mutual friend, which is what sparked our friendship. And 
the rest is kismet and history. Um, Anthony, Austin. Peace, peace, peace. What's happening? Good. How are you? I am all right, man. You know, I've been better, but I've also been worse. So I'm right in the groove. All right. Nice hat. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll make sure we get you in first because I know you got to go to work. Oh, yeah, man. I got uh, to put somebody in manacles. So, you know. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of ladies would like you to put them in manacles. I will move right <laughs> on down the road and get to the next person. Um, now, this brother has been on the show a couple of times. And as Kente says, he's an expert in all things. Um, he is Brooklyn, not from Brooklyn. Um, how are you, Brooklyn Taylor? Fun fact, I actually am from Brooklyn. What? Kente, you was wrong. No, I said he's not currently in Brooklyn. I live in, I live in oh. Maryland now, but I am from Brooklyn. Oh, uh, well, Kente. I like Brooklyn from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, and I'm going to have to backtrack because I was supposed to backtrack for the ladies. So let me scoot on back, but I'm going to ask you first, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, what is your current relationship status? I'm dating. Dating. Okay. Perfect. Anthony? Because yes. the women want to know. I'm in their business. What sure. is your relationship status? Um, I am not married. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think no one on the piano is married. Perfect. Alan. Uh, single, single. No baby mama single. No nothing single. No special friend single. Okay. That's the kind of answer I like. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. Last but not least, um, this brother is um, a podcasting extraordinaire um, and a student, teacher, father, Andre Harrison, how are you? Doing well. Very happy to be here tonight. Good. I'm excited about all the things y'all bring to the table, and let me be in your business too. All I'm right. just making sure I'm not getting no more questions. Um, what is your relationship status, sir? Um, divorced, um, searching for compatibility, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right, all right, all right. Okay, Kente V. Ferguson. What is your relationship status? Um, you always gotta always have one in the hopper, so uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm out there. You out there? Yes. Okay, you out there? wait, wait, explain that, bro. Like, what does that mean? Like, are you out there, like, you know, so when you you see it out there, or like, no, are you, never that. Never that. yeah, I always got one in the chamber, in the chamber, okay. I'm done with you. I'm, I'm hey, done. it's not about me. It's about you, the panel. I'm done. You don't want to talk about always have one in the hopper. I got one in the chamber. This is a Christian great novel. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to kick this off with an open letter to Black women. Um, and then we're going to hear from you guys. Dear Black women, we need you. From the start of creation after the first Adam, we knew it wasn't good for man to be alone. Fashioned from us, our ribs, a secure place. We yearn to return you to a place of security, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Not devoid of independence, but a keen awareness that celebrates you, me, we, interdependent and interconnected. 
We crave the idea as much as we do the reality of it. We know the world sees you as angry, bitter, judgmental, and a myriad of things, but we see your strength, your vulnerabilities, your hardened exterior that carefully masks at times your femininity because of the cold world, but yet showcases your heart, your soul, your spirit. We bathe in the liquid measure of your presence, inviting in the newness of our desires. We acknowledge that at times we create war zones within. We aim to claim our own places, not just your hearts, homes, and beds, but also your lives. We dare you to trust us with every fiber of your being, taking the risk, falling again. We will catch you every single time. So Black women, we need you. An innate, extraordinary outer body craving. You are the flesh of our flesh. It is essential that you allow us access to the areas you keep hidden. We will keep them safe or at least I trying from this day onward. Love the black men who love you. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That was beautiful, beautiful, very well said. Um, and I, I, I think that's a great way to get this thing started off. Um, I'm gonna first start off by talking about uh, how, how I feel about black women. Um, obviously, I feel like the black community is very important to us black men and a great partner in it is the women or our women and whether it's a romantic situation or uh, platonic friendship or you know it's, it's very important that black men and women are unite together and tonight i really want this to be a celebration of black women and I think the first thing, the first black woman that we all get exposed to is our mothers, right? Uh, for most of us, most of us. And our relationship with our mothers are very important in a lot of ways to how we relate to women once we start getting into the dating scene and, and our sisters as well and, and other women, you know, maybe grandma or whatnot. But I think I want to first start off with the first black woman that most of us came in contact with, which was our mother, and talk a little bit about how the relationship with your mother, um, good or bad, you know, if you feel like, if you want to share, um, has informed your relationships with black women as you become a man. Uh, probably a good place to start off is with you, Alan. Uh, you want to speak to that? Okay. Um, well... I would have to say with my mother, it's definitely been a positive um, just because for one thing, she's independent, but dependent at the same time. So me coming up, seeing how she moved around, seeing how she kind of articulated herself on the needs and that she wants to become successful, it kind of helped me value the way black women are looked at. And when I say that, I mean, for the fact, most people look at if you're dealing with an independent black woman, some of them feel like you can't really get through to them you got to kind of fight to get your point across. Um, she actually kind of showed me that there's a way that you can finesse dealing with the independent black woman. Cause at the end of the day, just cause she's independent doesn't mean she does not want to be dependent on somebody. Um, and seeing how she interacted and she dealt and handled my, with my dad in different situations, it kind of helped me evolve and understand how I need to articulate myself when it comes to black women. Cause if you don't really articulate yourself correctly, that's kind of when you butt heads, um, with them. Um, 
I've had my good days and bad days with her, uh, but she definitely was someone that opened the door and was like, hey, it's nothing wrong with you being 100% open with your feelings. There's nothing wrong with you allowing someone to see the softest side of you. Because most, if we be honest, most black men are kind of taught about you don't really show the soft side of you. You always got to be that tough guy whenever anything happens. You can't show any emotion. Um, and she actually developed the softer side of me, which I definitely appreciate. So. Love you, Martha Newman, in case you're watching. I sent her an invite. Very Let me go ahead and say myself real quick. Very well said. Very, very well said. What about you, Anthony? Um, I was definitely positive. I'd say that my mother's probably 87% responsible for the man that I am today. Um, and that's work ethic. That's uh, the way that I think and that I process things or analyze things. That is my level of compassion or empathy. That is also um, somewhat accredited to my creative abilities. Um, definitely 50% of my being or whatever the uh, God dynamics or uh, <laughs> mathematics is with that. And um, I've learned that I've probably put a lot of women, I guess, against the image that she has created. And it's maybe that, I don't know if that's fair or unfair, but I feel like if you can't really, uh, I don't want you to be a carbon copy, but you got to be able to hold your weight because I've seen her do way too many great things for me to accept anything less. Yeah. Mm, okay. What about you, Anthony? I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Dre. Uh, um, I had positive experience, um, not just with my mother, but with my grandmother as well. Uh, my mother worked a lot. She was a correction officer, so she spent a lot of time at work. My grandmother was the one who was there the majority of the time. And uh, my grandmother, uh, as meek as she was, I saw as one of the strongest women that um, I ever met. And in fact, um, like you were saying, um, not a lot of people can measure up. Probably no one can measure up to my grandmother. And I use her as uh, the, the, the model of what I want to um, be with, who I want to be with. Uh, she was um, strong devoted to her family, uh, caring. Um, she'll tell you exactly what you need to hear in a loving way. Um, uh, she was just um, the most beautiful woman I've ever met. And uh, she helped me see uh, Black women uh, as beautiful and developed appreciation for Black women. Mm. All right, in Brooklyn. Yeah, my mom, um, my mom is a force. She's always been a force to be reckoned with. And from our earliest memories with her and my dad, my dad died when we were younger. But, um, you know, the way my mom and dad treated each other, you know, it was always love. It was always respect. Um, and she was just a shining example. You know, she's a real, to this day, a very regal woman a very intelligent woman, a very hardworking woman, someone who um, just sets an example. She's a leader in the family. She's a leader, you know, um, among her colleagues. She's just a, a, an extremely um, inspirational presence. So, I mean, when you have that as an example, um, you you appreciate it, you know. You, you, if you have respect and, and, um, and I do, 
you have respect and you have an example of what a great woman is, um, you can't uh, you can't discount the woman that look like you and look like your mom. Amen to that. That's for sure. Um, one thing I want to do is talk about a lot of qualities that that uh, black women um, tend to exhibit. And one quality that is often said and uh, definitely one I agree with is strength. And um, strength can be looked at several ways. I mean, sometimes it's not always looked at as a positive, but, you know, as being a black person in this world we live in, it, it, it can be very hard. Right. We go through a lot of things that maybe some others don't. And as a woman, uh, you know, as as a black woman, I know that they go through a lot of things that we can never comprehend ourselves as vice versa. So. I want to um, I want to start with uh, let's start with Anthony. Um, talk about just um, the the strength that you've uh, witnessed from Black women in your life, whether they be uh, a platonic relationship or a familial relationship, or even relationships of women that you've been in uh, in a, a romantic situation with. Um, I guess all the way across the board, from my mother to even my younger sixteen year old sister and. Uh, the things that I'm seeing in her as she continues to grow in regards to strength is um, I think a lot of it is I would describe it as resilience um, and through adversity and the trials and the tribulations and things that would seemingly break someone's uh, psyche or break someone emotionally or, or things like that. Like I've seen that perseverance and that resilience to be able to pick up and keep going, uh, whether it be through, you know, I mean, um, my mom's and my father being absent and having to, you know, raise me and then subsequently the children after, after me and kind of doing it on her own. Um, I guess until I was old enough to really assist in that capacity. Um, aside from that, it's just kind of, I guess I look at strength in a, in a lot of different ways, strength in a way to get, that galvanizes her relationship partner, her man, that kind of puts him back with that childlike energy that makes him want to go out into the world and then come back to it. Like, look what I did. Like you wanted her to be impressed and to acknowledge the efforts because I feel like that's, yeah, you want to impress her. So that is a strength in itself. Um, strength as far as magnetism, like there's no other uh, race for me that can immediately grab my attention, uh, stop me in my tracks, cut my sentences short. Like I forgot what I was saying when she walked by, like, oh, like, Wow. Uh, okay, now what was I talking about? Um, <laughs> I'm like that's that's another level of strength, and it's just to even out physically. My mother was in the army. I kind of follow suit, so seeing physical strength and being able to things that maybe aren't designed or thought to be designed for men to do, the physical labor type things that I've seen my I've seen women do uh, time and time again. Whether it be changing a tire, you know, what I mean that is another level of strength. You sitting in there. Uh, cracking the lug nut off a tire is not an easy thing. So to see, you know, what I mean, a woman get down there and go ahead, break that, break those plugs, put that car up on that jack, and then switch the tire out and get hit back the road is like, all right, I see you, I res respect. Like um, that's uh, that's real. The strength of persevere through um, the oppression, you know, what I mean, that dealt with or sometimes given out by us, uh, their counterparts, but even the world, whether it be through school, uh, higher ups or anything like that, like you got to have that strength to 
to push through all of that nonsense and to still remain holding the crown the way that they do. I, I haven't seen a strength like. Amen. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Brooklyn, I, you know, I, I have so many cases of incredibly strong black women, um, whether it's physical and as far as, you know, mental strength as well. Speak to some of the black women you've known in your life who just exhibited that strength. Well, you know, that goes back to my grandmother. My mom's mom had, you know, 13 kids. My dad's mom had something like seven or eight, you know, um, and these these women are taking care of their husbands, taking care of all of their children, um, taking care of their grandchildren, and, you know, teaching us, raising us, um, you know, we would, my parents would drop us off at my grandparents' house on the weekends, and there's all these cousins. I was talking to my cousin Rob about it yesterday, and it was like, just thinking of um, my grandmother, Leah, and like how, you know, she was never done, you know? She had all these, she had 13 kids, her wow. and my grandfather, you know, one man, one woman, 13 children in Jamaica. Um, and then all these grandchildren and just the strength it takes to even be, I don't have any kids. I live alone and I can come home and I can do whatever I want and I go to work the next day or I don't, or, you know, and it's just to think about having that level of responsibility and that, um, and having to, to, to influence so many people, you know, um, it's, it's just amazing. It takes strength. It takes strength to be a mother of one. Right. It certainly takes, you know, strength to be the mother of a baker's dozen. Yes. 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 Uh, um, Dre, um, talk, talk about the strength of the black women in, in your life. Man, um, it's, it's a lot of times it's, um, indescribable. Like you can't really describe uh, their strength because, uh, like, I, I sit back and, and look and, and I'm amazed by it because um, they, they, they don't let the stresses of their world stop them from doing what needs to get done. Um, it's something that a lot of men can learn from black women, and that's how to um, rise up to the occasion, accept responsibility, and um, meet those responsibilities. Uh, and uh, I mean, we really can learn a lot from that. Uh, the women that I have in my life, um, which is, I, I grew up around all women, or black women, they really um, didn't let any of the hardships that they had in life stop them from being uh, who they're supposed to be, um, achieving their goals, uh, owning homes, raising kids, many times doing it on their own, on their own. And uh, and no knock against, you know, black men, um, but we don't really big up enough um, black women for, for doing that. We appreciate them. But, you know, when we see like black men doing things like that, and I'll use myself, for example, when people hear that um, I'm raising my kids by myself, you know, it's like a, uh, a phenomenon, like, oh, oh, my goodness gracious, you're doing it. 
Um, black women have been doing it for a while now, and uh, they're stressed out. They uh, wake up in the morning and get their kids ready. Sometimes they get their kids ready and their grandkids ready because their kids uh, had kids and their kids are still kids. <clears throat> and they're taking care of everybody, not just people in their home, but in their communities. They put their communities on their backs and uh, they, they walk, you know, with the communities on their backs. Like the, the strength is really indescribable. And we can describe what we see and we'll only still be touching the surface. You know, we, we, we still won't be able to, to fully describe the strength that they have. The, the just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get emotional. I'm sorry, you know, because, you know, we, we, we don't cry, you know. Right, right. <laughs> can't do that. But um, just thinking about, about it, it's just, um, it's hard to describe. And that's why I appreciate um, Black women so much because um, uh, they, they get the credit as far as, you know, like, you know, because I, I do see, I see a lot of people talk about Black women and how they appreciate them. But when it's time to show it to them, for real, um. They, they don't just deserve it to be told to them. They need to to feel it, see it. And um, they really need that. So. Yeah. Um, you know, life is a war. And uh, as a black man, we go to war with our black women. So and that takes strength. And I want to I want you to talk about it, Alan, as well. Uh, talk about uh, just, you know, the black women you've known who are so strong, you know, and how much you appreciate it. Um. Actually, kind of like what Anthony was saying, my mom was actually in the army as well. Um, so I've seen her do the heavy lifting. So I think one of the biggest strengths is seeing her transition from we're big on sex appeal when it comes to our black women. But it's something about seeing our black women go from being sexy to going in the dirt, getting dirty, doing what it takes to get the job done and still getting it done without a hitch. Um, for me personally, uh, two years ago, I got sick and was stuck in the hospital for a month um, and had a severe panic attack before one of my procedures were set up. Mother comes in. The nurses don't know what to do. They're flipping out. She comes in. She literally takes over the atmosphere. So I think that's one thing that I love about our Black women, the way they command the presence when they walk in. So you're sitting here talking about someone who has no nursing experience, no nothing, walks in, see nurses flipping out and sleep, bam, this is what we need to do. This is how you need to handle it. Um, and for me, that that speaks volumes. Because um, like they're saying, we really can't, we only touch, scratch the tip of the iceberg when we're talking about the level of strength that Black women have. Because you look at the fact that they're smart, they can come up with anything. You can probably give them scissors or rock and some water and they come up with something you never even thought imaginable that they would have did. And you looking like, yo, I never would have thought about that at all. Um, it's just the way they command their presence. And I know it sucks because we live in a time now where a lot of men seem fearful when a black woman comes into the room and is able to take presence over a situation. But it's not a reason to be afraid. Like, I want a black woman who has my back. If I'm struggling with something, I need her to be able to come in here and be like, hey, I got you. This is what we need to do. Um, and just seeing how my mom transitions with that, because her and my father are in the ministries together, they're pastors. And just I've seen time and time and time again how when my dad needs help and guidance to see her come in and put in the things that would make it work. And at the end of the day, you're like, I really appreciate the fact that you're there. Um, 
And even as Anthony was talking about his sister, I look at my little sister, we're eight years apart. Um, and I just look at how independent she is and so strong-willed that she, she, it takes a lot. Like she's stubborn, but I appreciate the fact that she's stubborn because sometimes when you deal with someone who's easily to lay down, it never gives you that reality check. Because let's be honest, half the time when we're dealing with our sisters and we arguing back and forth, nine times out of 10, what they're saying makes sense. We just got to sit there and sit back and listen to it. Um, and sometimes you need that perspective of her saying, this is what I see and that's not right. Or this is what you need to change to be better. Or this is what you need to do to be a better person in this area. Um, and sometimes we as men, we don't appreciate it till, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty, until after the situation passed. And then you're like, yo, she was right the entire time. So for, for me, the best examples have always been my mom and my sister when it comes to the level of strength um, that they carry around on a daily basis. Now, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and act like we're all really super evolved and we're not gonna uh, we're, we're not going to and shout out to LA and boogie uh, talk about the elephant in the room but uh, you know they always talk about men as men being very visual and uh, we got to talk about the visual aspects too that we love about black women and uh, I'm gonna start off with brother uh, Dre first I knew it I knew it bro. I knew it yeah you know so, you know, talk about, you know, what, what you like about sisters uh, just in their, their appearance and, you know, the things that kind of get you going, man. All right. So I won't state the obvious right away. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, uh, the, the one thing that really draws my attention at first is um, uh, the complexion, the smile. Um, the features like I, I love beautiful um like african features on a woman uh facial features um i uh the the body type um the way they uh carry themselves um the way they walk like black black women seem to have this this walk you know and and um uh, I, I remember um, dating someone, and they know my preference. They know my type. And um, if we were walking somewhere, and they saw my type, uh, like, and, and I'm the type that I can appreciate the beauty of a woman and not have to be like, "Yo, I gotta have it. Like, let me go talk to her. I really need to, you know, taste taste what that that's like." I don't need that. I, that's not who I am. Uh, you know, but it would be like, yeah, "Look at her. Like she, she she would say like, that's your type right there." Um, cause I, I appreciate, uh, a woman with, um, African features. And the thing is what, what tends to surprise people is that, uh, my, my ex-wife was fair skinned Puerto Rican and, and, uh, that's what I fell in love with. And she even knew my preference. She knew that, you know, I preferred, uh, women who had, uh, more, um, richer, darker complexions. And, um, I'm a sucker for locked hair. If the hair is locked, like that's like my thing as well. Um, I like, um, the shape, uh, when the, the ratios are uh, appropriately proportioned, uh, that's, um, uh, uh, a physical feature that I greatly appreciate in, in a very respectful manner. Um, you know, uh, the waist to hip ratio is, it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna let somebody else pick up the band. Too, he had to take a deep breath too when he said that too. I, I, love, it. I love it. I love it. Uh, what, what about you, uh, Anthony? Uh, t- 
talk about what you like visually about uh, black women. Um, if I had it queued up, I I go ahead and queue up Black Stars, Brown Skin Lady. That pretty <laughs> much uh, epitomizes the way I feel about black women and the way that they look. It's like, oh, damn, baby girl, look at you coming <laughs> on the block looking fresh and brand new. But I like everything from the fine you know since we don't want to be so progressive or so evolved and now devolved uh, <laughs> i don't mind putting myself on that stake real quick so um i just let's talk about these african features the there's a thickness there's a certain like soul of the earth in the sway in the walk like the rhythmic melodic uh hypnotic type of energy that's like like I stated before like I don't even know what I was saying because she just took every my whole mind is just blank right now um it'd be the glow of the skin now I feel like black women glow up different than anybody else melanated women glow up because their skin actually glows it's a shimmer especially in the summertime with the maxi dress or the sundress on and it's like (laughs) yo Please excuse me, miss. <laughs> Can I speak with you for a second? Um, if you don't mind, my sister. Uh, but everything from, I guess, the, the versatility or the diversity from you got the soul sister, like, you know, Dre was saying, with the locks and the shells and the Bantu knots and the head wraps and the, you know, uh, the cultural garb that he's wearing or... Mm-hmm. You flip it over to the corporate side with the with the pencil skirts and the business suits and the houndtooth print because that's my favorite print to see on a black woman. It's in that business type. The houndtooth is some serious. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh yeah, just the or the round away girl, the hoodie sweatpants with the sneakers on. You know what I mean? Just chilling with the. You know what I mean? What LL say, uh, she got to have door knockers, at least two pair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's a, such a versatility in physical. Like, I saw a meme was like, oh, yeah, you want to see other women? <laughs> I got you. I can fix my hair this way. I can wear this one day. The next <laughs> day, I can switch it all up. Five, seven days a week, you can be with a different woman all in the same one. And I'm like, I ain't seen nobody else that could do that, that could pull that off so effortlessly and so flawlessly. It's like, yeah, uh, I got to have you. Um, so <laughs> let me see what, let me see what's up. I'm gonna go on head home. It, like to make a nigga want to go home. Like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna holler at y'all, man. My woman, uh, she sent me this photo. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna catch y'all next time. I ain't, you know, I ain't finna be out in these streets. So yeah, it's, uh, it's real out here in the field. Yeah. Uh, um, Brooklyn, yeah. Talk about the buffet, which is uh black women. You have so many uh, different types of black women. I mean, you know, you you have the gambit. So talk about it. I think that what black women are able to do in the face of the essential um, conspiracy and propaganda to fit into... um, this size zero 12 year old boy looking stereotype of what a woman is supposed to look like on magazine covers. Right. Um, And what the, what black women are able to do as far as the style and the diversity 
and the sensuality, you know, um, and the femininity. You know, I've been on the show a couple times. You guys know how I feel about femininity. I love a feminine woman. And the way that, um, the for me, the way that our women are able to bring that um, just soulful, classy, sexy mix to, you know, any, any look, right? It, from a bikini to a ball gown, right? Mm -hmm. Just to be able, you know, as Anthony said, to, to carry it, to pull it off, to, to be in, in any way, right? Like you, go to a Beyonce concert and she changes 16 times and you're like, is this the same person? <laughs> it, it is, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's really sexy. If that's, if we're, if that's the topic we're on, if that's where that lane we're going down, there is, there is no end to, and the influence, you know, like the, um, the the dichotomy of having to fight against some you know whitewashed standard while at the same time the mainstream is stealing each and every style right like black women have been wearing dreadlocks for centuries black women have been um, wearing cornrows for centuries and you know then in like 2016 they're gonna call it box braids and act like it got invented by Kim Kardashian or something. Come on. You know, so. Mm. Okay. That's my take on it. I have great appreciation for um, the the levels of attractiveness and just the style of our women. And I purposely saved Alan for last because if you check this brother out on Instagram, he always has dope things to say, uh, especially about black women. So uh, it's all on you, man. Talk, talk to us. That's a lot of pressure after these three done sat there and pretty much stole everything that could be said. Um, physically, words can't even express the way when black women was created, me personally, I have a bias. I feel like God was like, you know what? This is what you guys get. I'll just put something together for the other ones. Because I just feel like black women are the baddest things ever created. Um, just to be truthful. Just as the guys were saying, you look at their sense of style. I actually have a friend. We're currently with a personal trainer and we work together. And I'm a visual person. I see how she dressed when we go work out. I see the curves she's been blessed with. Then when it's time for us to go to work, see her make that transition. See her with those high heels on. See her with that business suit on see her walking around taking care of business and then seeing other black women walking around the office just the same way. Then you sit there, yo, let's go out. We're going to go out, play ball or something. Then you see him, like you said, she got the sweatpants on or the basketball shorts on, got the tank top, got the Jordans or whatever. And you still look like, man, you still bad. Like regardless of what you do, you still bad. And it's crazy because like you guys said, our sisters have been doing it for years and they never get any praise about it. But as soon as we have someone like they said, the Kardashians or somebody else do it, everyone's about to lose their minds. I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen nothing like this. And you got homegirl next door that dress like that all the time and you don't appreciate it. Um, so for me, it's just the way they carry themselves, 
it's a sense of authority, whether they're dressed down, whether they dressed up. It's just the way they move through the atmosphere. They kind of just glide in. It's like like poetry. You can't even grasp it. It's just they walk in there, you just like, man. And like Anthony says, sometimes I'm sitting there at work because where my office is situated, I get a traffic. So I see all the sisters as they come and go. Right. And sometimes right. I'm sitting there doing an email look up. Forget what I was about to do in the email. I'm sitting there focused on this one. I'm like, man. So it's just the physical aspect of our sisters is amazing, especially when it comes to the different colors they put together. I had just put a post up in the group about it's nothing like seeing a black woman dressed in yellow. Seeing them in those those high light colors, the way their skin just pops off of it. And it's like, no, to me personally, no other nationality can actually match the sense of grace, the sense of style, the sense of elegance um, that our black women have. So, yes. Yes. Um, Right there. Now, um, now anybody can uh, start off with this one. What was that first famous sister when you were coming up that you kind of you had your like kind of first little celebrity crush on you know Holly Berry 1986 <laughs> to this day yeah. uh, I muted myself I, I had three who oh. was it who was it all right so like don't think I'm weird like there's three of them. Uh, so it was Cicely Tyson okay um uh no um Felicia Rashad and um, I can't believe um, Gladys Knight. Okay. Them three growing up. I was like, but Gladys Knight, I was like, Floor, whenever she was on the TV for anything, I was stuck to it as a kid. Like, like I don't know what it was about her, but there was something so beautiful about Gladys Knight. Uh, but and Felicia Rashad, too. Yeah, Felicia Rashad was fit. Yeah. Claire Huxtable to this day. To this day. <laughs> uh, um, Jada Pinkett. Oh yeah, and I don't think I had like those are the first ones that I can remember. Just like super crushing on Felicia Rashad. That my evolution of attraction to her, like she took me through all the way to manhood. Because even now it's like, oh, you still out here chilling. <laughs> oh, and Angela Bassett. I, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping no one was going to say that. Man, I did not mention Auntie Angie out here in these streets. Yes. And and you know what? If you've ever seen her in person, she's beautiful in movies and television, but in person, oh, my God. Like, there, you know, that's one thing, too, about black people. Black people look so much better in person than on television or in movies. So, especially sisters, you know, they, you know, the t- camera don't, is not always the most flattering for us sometimes. So, yeah. So, uh, what about what about you, Alan? I know, I know you. No, said... he took it. He took it. <laughs> don't need to talk no more. Like literally, <laughs> he took it. Oh, definitely, Angela Bassett and Felicia Rashad, um, Mrs. Huxtable. Man, it's something about seeing a woman who, like I said, can control the atmosphere. When you look at Felicia Rashad, especially when we. Um, have learned to love her as Claire Huxtable and just seeing the sense of power and grace she had and the sense of being able to take over the uh, atmosphere and be able to, what she said carried weight, Um, even though we know that they were acting, but it's just she she really personified 
how black women do carry themselves. Mm-hmm. They can go from hood to educated to hood again in a split second. Um, and Angela Bassett just, wow. I mean, words can't even put in to describe the elegance, the grace, the creativity, um, the beauty of Angela Bassett. I'm just not really feeling Anthony over here taking all these names like this. (laughs) (laughs) But those were the two biggest ones for me as a kid. Those were definitely the two biggest ones for me. All right. uh, Let's give give a shout out to Felicia Rashad. She's getting a lot of love tonight. (laughs) And and I'm going to check something real quick Uh and go back to the power dynamic. Felicia Rashad embodies everything that I've feel like I've seen that's powerful or strength in a woman and that can be even the po- everything positive but even somewhat of the negative because I felt my mother was the same way like the words out of a black woman's mouth can either build you up or break your bitch ass down <laughs> <laughs> and to see that and she can and without even having to curse you out like I don't have to you don't have to use Expletives. They can, but they don't have to use that. Can pick you apart and make you feel minuscule, just as well, or you know, just as well as she can build you up, and make like make you feel like you can lift entire buildings. Like, oh, I'm gonna go out and handle this. Like, I, she told me I could do it. She believed me I could do it. Yeah. Unless I'm going out there to handle it. So, I think that she, to me, she's a perfect example of the embodiment of that or personification of that strength and that power. Mm, okay so we, we're gonna stay on the beauty tip and uh this one's gonna be personal so alan ain't nobody gonna steal this one from you uh give me a sister in your personal life that uh you know maybe when you were in high school or just a young man who was just so beautiful she just did it for you and you you know you were just like man this is you know, this is this is the one I just want to you know get next to. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Just give me a, a girl from your past that uh, you know, like you you kind of got a little retarded around it. Oh man, um, Christian Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, we met actually in college, and the first time I actually heard her talk. I think I was hooked because <laughs> um, we were talking about friends introduced us and she was talking about what she was in there for school. And I just had like a whole dumb moment just sitting there looking, watching her lips move. And I was just like, "Bruh, that is somebody that I would definitely want to get with just because of the fact the way she moved, she, she was caramel. So that skin was looking all kinds of good. Um, just watching, just watching the way she carried herself, just seeing just everything about her from her speech to her eyes. Like I loved looking in her eyes, which was like probably the biggest mistake I made when we first made, when we first met, uh, was that, but she was that one black woman that I've met that I was just like, yo, um, I got to get to know you better. Um, we did end up dating. Uh, we did end up dating. Um, course we went our separate ways but we're still good, good still good friends to this day um but i would have to say she was the one person one black woman that in my past that i saw was infatuated with wanted to immerse myself into to getting to know her um 
was her was Christian Perkins. If Anthony says <laughs> if Anthony says Christian Perkins, I'm a die. We gonna have problems. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that you say that because I was just going. No, I was <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Nah, nah, you no. So, can anybody else recall a woman from you know back in the day? I can, and I'm gonna uh, slide in because I'm about to slide out to go catch this fugitive. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's one particular one that I even wrote a song about. Oh wow! Um, and recorded. And you're right. I ain't going to sing it right now, but you know what I mean? Like, I might send it to somebody let you hear it. I was really, like, this is the first song that I had written that was every bit of me that I could put inside of the song. Um, her name was, or is, Shamira Nikisha Austin. Not Austin, but Austin, like Texas. Oh, and um, we actually, high school, kind of sweetheart type deal. Um, she was absolutely gorgeous. And the galvanizing of of the black man, she did that. She was like the first one that did that for me because um, I remember she had the Holly Berry short haircut, um, and back in the day they had the, the pants that had the skirt attached to it or something. It was retarded. Some of y'all fashion was weird, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I do remember that distinctly. Um, but she had a boyfriend, and I took her from him. Uh, <laughs> And because he wasn't around and she was so bad to me. And at the time I dealt with a lot of, you know, insecurity. So I was like, I don't even know if I could pull her because she looked like she out of my league. But we were talking one day and I just decided she just, I don't know, maybe go for it. And we just having a conversation, talking. This is outside of church, too. So this is (laughs) like right outside of the team ministry. And she's talking and then I. I couldn't even hear what she was saying. I just heard my conscience in my head was like, you're going to do it or not. You're going to do it or not. You, you're going to shit or get off the pot. You're going to barbecue with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm and so I just went for it and kissed her. And I stepped back and it was like, so I, I'm either going to get slapped or <laughs> like we going and I didn't get slapped. And her friend, which is my my still my good friend, she was like, oh, I can't believe you do that. You know she got a boyfriend. And I was like, I don't care what you I was not gonna miss this opportunity. Um and then we end up breaking up because I ended up leaving. I actually ended up moving to North Carolina. Um but when I came back from Iraq, um I found her um through my special set of skills. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so, I mean, we were cool. I ended that relationship partially because I didn't think I was, you know, enough. I felt like she was just too fine for me. And I didn't really have a value in myself or whatever. But it was still that value that she saw in me that just made me believe that, well, maybe I'm worth much more than I think that I am. You know what I mean? And I remember running into her randomly uh, on, like, the opposite end of the state. Like, what are you doing here? And I like to... I consider myself a little bit more player in my words and my delivery uh, in regards to women. Man, I couldn't say nothing. I was just standing there like, cat got your tongue? I don't even – had to make sure my voice didn't go uh, off key, off pitch and everything before I addressed her. And I was with some coworkers, and I was like, yo, that's my ex-girlfriend. And they looked at her like, stop lying. That ain't – you ain't never – you don't even know her. Stop playing. So I called her name, and then we talked, and it was – um, unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately for her, but at the time it was unfortunately that she had just got engaged. Hmm. 
And so I wrote a song called If There's a Chance. And she's like, oh, my God, you got to promise you're going to call me. And this, that. And I was like, maybe it's meant to be and so on and so forth. But then I fell back because I'm like, you know what? I am still in love with the idea of what we had when we were like 17. And now I'm 24. And, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of differences. But she was definitely the one, uh, one of the first ones that had me completely shook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right and good luck catching that fugitive man oh yeah we finna get up out of here i'm waiting for this text message but i'm gonna go ahead and uh thanks for joining us yes, hey, man, yes. thank y'all for having me thank y'all for letting me be black yes. um i'm gonna oh, watch you. the rest of the show alan my bad for taking your answers ken say i'm gonna holler at you on the after show later on all right Peace. man be safe out there king all right. All right. So Brooklyn or Dre, who wants to? Do you, can y'all recall a girl that made you get a little retarded? I'm gonna need y'all to stop all saying retarded at all. Mm-hmm. Ever take it out the lexicon? Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So was there a girl? It's twenty. It's 2019. Let's 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 evolve behind that. Mm-hmm. Was there a girl? Dre, you go ahead. I'll go after you. All right, uh, let me see. Um, man, like I got married young, so um, but um, uh, I won't say names because I, I know people that watch probably watch this. Um, right, there was one that really boosted up my confidence, like really boosted up my confidence because it was um, in my mind I could not get the attention or the affection from this one particular uh, woman. Uh, I just could not. I, I, in my mind, I was like, like she's at a whole different level. And uh, I had a friend saying, but Dre, you're on that same level too. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, she's like, you know, like on a whole different level. And uh, every time we would see each other, I would avoid her because uh, like I would, I would be across the room and I would just appreciate it from like here. And just every now and then gaze and, and hopefully that we would connect eyes. And that she would give me some kind of opening to, you know, and, and we, we knew each other. So it was more like a high buy thing, but I wanted to engage in deeper conversation. Uh, but then um, uh, I, I just couldn't talk. I couldn't like say anything. So like, it wasn't like really a, just, I, I, I just I didn't have that confidence. And then one day I just said, you know what, let me just try it, you know? Uh, and then when she accepted, I was like, okay, all right. And, uh, uh, but it, really, it was only one. I never had um, that that experience, even when I was younger, um, of a, a a girl that was just that you know beautiful that I could not engage in conversation because um, I was always like a, a deep conversationalist. So um, in my mind, like you know, you know, I'm gonna talk to you, and we're gonna just have a deep conversation, uh, and. But um, but there was that she's probably the only one that I was like, wow, you know, I really can't say much about around her because I really want to engage in a, a, a conversation and get to know her. But she was like, like, on a whole different level. Uh, and then even that experience showed me that uh, that that level of really doesn't exist. We create it in our own minds, and uh, it boosted up my confidence and uh, allowed me to see that um, that's a invisible construct that you know has us feeling lower about ourselves than we really should but um yeah just that that one experience um 
She's still beautiful though. Like she's still beautiful. Uh, uh, but now when I see her, it's not like that. Uh, I don't know what to say, you know, because we still get together uh, in you know friends and family functions. So, but um, yeah. All right, and uh, Brooklyn. So I'm unclear as to what happened with that woman that you're talking about. Me? Yes. Oh, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. Um, uh, I had um, uh, this. This is probably going to reveal who it is. So people are watching. Oh, wow. uh, the, the the first person that I, I, I was dating after uh, my divorce, and um, oh. uh, when, and, and when, whenever you are, the first relationship is probably going to be the most difficult because there's still um, residuals, and and you may not have any feelings towards your ex wife, but there's still that um, the 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 reconstruction of your life and now having a co-parent with somebody that you may have at that moment a hostile situation with and to bring somebody else in that situation right then and there could be very unfair to them like that's not something that they're asking for so yeah yeah but she's doing good now uh, about to get married got uh kids and all that stuff so i wish her well mm. yeah road less traveled Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one day I was um, like I usually don't go to restaurants by myself, but I was I was in North Carolina and I was by myself in this restaurant that um, my friends and I usually used to go to. So I'm by myself and I'm eating. I'm like in a booth and this woman walks in and she is just drop dead gorgeous. And she sits down in another booth and I can see her and she's on the phone. And and I just remember thinking to myself, she's so beautiful. And this is in my younger days. And when, you know, um, I just never really had that. I, I didn't have a fear or any trepidation about it, but she was on the phone and it would be rude. So I, I asked the uh, waitress for a piece of paper and I wrote a note. And I took her back to grade school and it was like, who are you on the phone with? Oh, and it was like, <laughs> wait, you asked that? Like, you mom, best friend, very large and angry boyfriend who owns a lot of guns. <laughs> I, I gave it to the waitress, like, can you give this to this woman over here? And she brought her the note and she like, she just started laughing and she like checked the mark on it and it was like her mom and sent back the note. And, um, you know, one of us invited the other to sit at the same table and we sat there and she was um, a flight attendant. Um, anyway, she was a beautiful woman, um, and we got to know each other, and there was a happy ending to the story. But it was just one a time I can recall when it was like, you know, I saw a very beautiful woman, and I took some action, and it worked out well. All right. All Can't right. Take? All right. Um, I think before we get out of here, there's a there's a couple of things. We want to hear your story. 
I don't. I don't. I don't have a story. Um, I think there's a couple of things though I want to definitely get to before we get on out of here. And uh, the the thing is, um, there's a lot that's been said about the relationship between black men and black women. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of negativity that's being mm-hmm. said. And I really want to talk as black men uh, about how we can do things to help the situation instead of to being, you know, a negative, uh, be a negative as well. Um, because I think doing these t- shows in the last past couple of weeks is positive. It's, it's definitely positive. And there's not a whole lot of that going on, unfortunately. So I just want you guys as black men to speak about how can uh, how can we do better as far as increasing um, our the relationship between black men and women and be more p- positive? What can we do? I think that we can. Um, I hate to go twice in a row, but I, I think that what we can do is um, maintain this level of positivity and uh, two way communication you know, just throughout our community, right? And police each other because there's always some negative person. Sometimes it's a Russian bot on Facebook. Sometimes it's an actual real live fellow black person that wants to, um, that wants to bring us down collectively, right? Like whenever I see or read or hear some black man, you know, ex- look, date who you want, marry who you want. You know, I don't have any problem with somebody, you know, um, marrying a Latina, marrying a white woman, whatever. Do fall in love with who you want to fall in love with and love them. However, when you when you qualify it, when you say I only date white women because black women are no good. You haven't dated a billion black women, you know, and uh, you, you know, you had one, someone broke your heart or someone didn't want to get with you in 11th grade. And ever since you've had it out for every woman with melanin in her skin, we've got to get rid of that. We've got to shout that down again. No, not bashing anyone who, who falls in love with, you know, I mean, I was in the military. There are guys who, you know, they get stationed in Boise, Idaho, and unless they get on a plane, they're not going to meet a black woman. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in, stuck in Idaho for 10 years and, you know, I, I don't care. But it's not about just make sure you don't bash the people who look like your mother and your grandmother and your sister. You know, yeah. I mean... I think that that's an important part. You can love whoever you want, but you don't you don't need it's not a a certification system. You don't need to certifiably bash all the black women for you to have an excuse to, you know, get someone else. I 100 percent is in agreement with Brooklyn is saying, because we see it way too many times via social media or in public places where someone's like, oh, all black women, nothing but bees and hoes and this and that and this and that. Well, first of all, you came from a black woman. So if you're trying to classify all black women this way, are you saying this about your mother? Are you saying this about your sisters? 
Um, I think that is something that we severely need to work on in the black community. For some reason, we love to be drawn to drama if it's against somebody else or if it's against our own. If it's going to give us a laugh, we want to sit there and be with it. But then as soon as we feel like someone's perpetrating against us, we want everyone to come to our aid. And we have to we have to check that because that is very toxic. It's something that should not even be accepted um, just for when you see how people are so okay with it nowadays. Um, people are just okay with the fact that you can call a black chick this and she's just supposed to deal with it because that's how you feel. That's not how it's supposed to be. Um, you, we as black men have to be defenders and protectors of our black women. Um, the same energy, like he said, even if you do date or you're into white, Hispanic, whatever, you still need to be a protector of black women because you came from a black woman. Like you shouldn't want to sit there and see another black woman get hurt and then not bother you. You shouldn't sit there and see a black woman struggling and then not bother you. You should be willing to want to help. It doesn't always mean that you're trying to holler at her. You just understand that's your sister. That's one of yours. That could be your sister or your mother that's out there and need help. Um, matter of fact, it reminds me of the situation that happened a couple of weeks ago where we had um, the guy in Texas had punched the young lady um, at her car. And you saw like, how you gonna sit there? And I'm not assuming that the person who recorded it was black, but we see how many times we've seen videos of black people fighting and everyone who's recording is black and no one's lifting a finger. It shouldn't be like that. If you see you see someone coming at your brother, your sister, you should be one of the first ones to be over there to want to protect them and to want to defend them. So I'm in 100% agreement with what Brooklyn's saying. It's it's a mentality that needs to be changed. Um, it's something that needs to be dealt with and it needs to be taught with our younger generation because our younger kids grow up with it and then they think it's normal. Um, and then once they become adults, it becomes a toxic cycle, then they're doing the same thing, then they're doing the same thing, and it's just a revolving door. And it's something that has to be checked and it needs to be dealt with. So I definitely agree with what Brooklyn's saying in regards yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so shout out to who, was that feedback? Yeah, I was hearing feedback, yeah. So much. Shout out Steph for her comment. I like for black men to be more conscious of making a safe for black women to be vulnerable not be strong all the time. I had a conversation with um, somebody I, I dated. Um, we wound up being really good friends afterwards. Um, again, not compatible, so we just decided to be friends. And she's one of those strong black women. Beautiful, um, uh, beautiful, um, dark skin. Um, like she, She's just absolutely beautiful. Um, a professional woman who comes off um, extremely hard. right? And she uh, once told me that it's, it's exhausting for her to always have to be that way because she feels that she has to protect herself all the time. Uh, she's always, you know, on edge, always on, always have to prove herself to not just black men, but all men and, and uh, other women and other black women also. So she's always on go. She, she said she just wants to be able to be a lady, just to be a woman sometimes and, and, and lead on a, on a man for support. And I have to do everything on her own. And I think uh, that's something that uh, us black men should be able to do for black women. And as you were saying, Brooklyn, um, like love is love. And whoever you fall in love with, you know, uh, no matter uh, what they look like, hair texture is, body shape, um, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. Um, but um, never dismiss a black woman because you feel like she's too difficult or too hard because she really isn't. You know, 
she's that way because she doesn't feel safe enough to to put the walls down. And if we are able to make uh, help black women women be safe and be safe in being vulnerable, knowing that we as black men, uh, we as men will defend them and and they don't have to be strong all the time because they know that they have a strong um, partner, um, then it makes them feel more secure. And, and life is all about finding security in almost everything, in every aspect of, of life, emotional, spiritual, physical, you try to be secure. Uh, women, no different. And men, we have to be able to do that for them. Uh, and if we're able to do that, and it's, and it's not going to be easy, you know, generation after generation, black women have held the family down. Um, uh, when, um, specifically in America, in a society, when we were being uh, taken from our families and sold to the highest bidder, um, she was left with the kids to raise and we were um, forced to work on different plantations in different states. Uh, so she had generations to, to, to build up this wall. Uh, genetically or whatever it is, stories. And we have to now be in a place where we're strong enough to to hold that weight of emotional um, baggage that they come with and let them know it's okay to put the baggage down. I'll pick it up for you and we'll carry it together. All right. All right. Uh, uh, we lost Brooklyn. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll get him back. Um, before we go, uh, I think it's very important that uh, to acknowledge we do have a black woman here on uh, tonight and uh before we go apologetically I, yes i definitely want to get her opinion of uh what is uh what she thought about the show as well as uh if she wanted to ask some a uh, couple of questions to our panel uh you know um well, thanks for putting me on the spot. I wasn't prepared for this. Um, I thought the show went well. Um, I was enjoying listening to each one of you men give your experience and your um, thoughts on what you love about Black women, personal, um, professional, um, platonic. Um, and it was beautiful. It was good to hear that we are valued and we are loved and we are appreciated. Um, I would ask a question. I don't, um, I don't necessarily say I'd ask a question. I'd probably present a challenge um, that for all of the single men on the platform and watching, um, stick around long enough to choose us. A lot of us are wondering why we aren't being chosen. And it's not because we have attitudes. Um, it's not because we're indifferent. Because we aren't having conversations with each other. So soul-stirring, vulnerable, let me match your strength with my own conversations. So I would challenge y'all to just stick around long enough. All right. Well, that's well said. Did you have any... Um... Uh, did you want to close with something? Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. So literally I wrote both of these pieces today because oh, wow. I was going to pull some stuff out of my computer, but it's been a kind of a crazy day. So, um, this doesn't even have a title, but I guess I'll call it woman. 
you are the real deal. No hocus pocus, but all magic. We stand in awe of your goddess, gypsy-like grace. You ease into a role and wore the weight of the world um, and life on your shoulders. Yet the world still grows colder. We want your rhythm and your blues. We want to resonate in your body, be the butterflies in your stomach and the pep in your shoes. You give life to so many, so we are giving you the first of many accolades. You are the epitome of the dopest earth in all your ways, and we applaud you, woman. All right. Wow, that's awesome. 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 Very well awesome. said. Thank you so much for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Uh, I want to thank, of course, the panel. You guys were amazing. You did a, a beautiful job. And uh, I want to thank everybody that's listened as well. And um, I'm going to start off with, uh, let's start off with Brooklyn and we'll move to the left. Uh, how can people get you on social media as well as, do you have anything that, that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, yes. Um, you can find me at King underscore underscore Brooklyn. That's my Instagram. You can find me at Brooklyn Taylor on Facebook you can find me at at Brooklyn PCB on Twitter, um, and I am working toward uh, publishing a book by this summer, um, tentatively titled "Blame Yourself First About Relationships." Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. you gonna start? Nice. You gonna start one with that one? Indeed. All right. Uh, I'm trying to pull up your. Uh, oh, here it is. It's King. Okay. I'm going to put it into the chat just so everybody will have it as well. If you're not following Brooklyn on Instagram, please do. Thank you, sir. Yes. And um, thank also, you for thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Oh, thank Always you, man. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I see the classic albums behind you. I see that. Yeah, yeah. I had to change up. Uh, uh, change it up a little bit. BDP. Oh yes. Um, Drake. How can people get you in social media? Let me. Oh, here we go. Put it in this chat. Uh, a couple of ways you can uh, hit me up on Instagram and follow me at um, uh, Andre underscore D underscore Harrison. Facebook at the Andre dot D dot Harrison, and on Twitter at Andre D Harrison. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, please go hit subscribe and click the bell notification so that it'll notify you when I upload videos. Um, Harrison Family Vlogs, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you'll probably see me interacting with some of you guys uh, as this um, show is going forward. So those are my uh, media formats. This Thursday, I will be doing the Togetherness Marriage podcast uh, on Get Vocal, which will stream live to YouTube and Facebook at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, please look out for that also. And, and you know, let's give it up to uh, to Dre because he's doing a wonderful job. Him and his uh, great co-host, Albany, on Thursdays. Okay. If you don't, if you haven't checked out his show, please do so. Uh, his show yeah. is awesome. There's, there's they, he has good game on there. And I've, mm -hmm. I've learned quite a bit from uh, checking yeah. out his show. And then he has the greatest vlog. Um, you really get insight to his life his children, 
Um, I mean, he goes real deep with it and he does a phenomenal job and use great. He has this wonderful equipment, too, that he uses. So it looks very professional, is very professionally done. So uh, and and one thing I I have to say that's very important uh, is when people put out content. Right. Uh, We all put out content. Please make sure you leave a comment as well as a like as well, because that really does help with the yeah. cause. So uh make sure that um you do you do do that because you know uh you know it it helps. It helps the the process. So yeah. I want to make sure that I always say comments are currency. So, yes it is. All right. So Alan, Amen. how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? All right, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Newman's underscore hot takes. Um you can also follow me on Facebook at the same name, Newman uh Newman Hot Takes. Um, as well. Currently, no projects in the work. I do have something that's going to possibly popping at the end of May. I'm so excited about that. We'll definitely have details on my page um, in regards to that. Um, And that's it. As of right now, not really a Twitter person, so I'm trying to kind of gravitate to Twitter and get a feel for it. So (laughs) eventually it'll pop up there. And and perhaps to everybody on on this panel, but you know, um, Alan as well, you know, just always positive, always uplifting. And, uh, you know, like when you check out his stuff, it's always real positive. It's not, you know, you're not going to get the, the ratchet, uh, stuff. Uh, you're going to definitely get real, really good content from all of these brothers on this panel. And, uh, so Shannon, how can people get you in social media and also, uh, tell us about your book. Um, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Shannon Ford, like the president, hyphen Jefferson, like the president. Um, I have five books. They're all poetry. Amazon.com. Um, I am still editing um, Dismantling Daddy Dysfunctions and All the Men I Loved After Him, which is book number six. Um, but it should be out this year, summer-ish. So check it out. Nice. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson at Instagram or on Instagram. And of course, the website is IndieRadio.org, which is I-N-D-Y Radio.org. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. And uh, in about a month's time, uh, Shannon, you have your show, too. You didn't uh, mention that. Oh, I did it on May 5th is the single of the set apart woman uh, it's a podcast vlog video cast um by a woman for women and the men that love them um, and it's booked thus far for the next eight shows so we'll see what comes of it of, of course of course the single de mayo because you know there's probably gonna be tacos all over the place knowing <laughs> knowing shannon yes um, right. You don't want to miss it. There's be some really good. It'll be all women in May, and then all men in June for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Okay. All right, and we'll be on Get Vocal for the after show. So you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. All right, Thanks, appreciate it, everyone. Have a good night. Peace. Good night. Later. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness. 
like building a shelter at a horse sanctuary or getting an adaptable bike for a child with special needs. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, we can help you too with a great deal on an award-winning Honda, like the CR-V. And Honda was named 2019 Best SUV Brand by U.S. News & World Report. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to request a random act of helpfulness. View U.S. News Best Cars at Cars.USNews.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and let our professional parts people scan your vehicle for free. We'll retrieve the codes, discuss possible solutions, and even help you find a professional technician if needed. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today for our free check engine light help. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.